You're listening to Women Making Waves. Sheila Kassane Marshall's journey to board level, especially as a woman in the civil engineering industry, has faced obstacles at all levels. Then came another blockade, breast cancer. Sheila's plight to improve not only her life after treatment, but that of other women too, is impressive. Sheila talks to Susie Thorpe. Mental determination that day by day in my head, almost brick by brick, piece of concrete by piece of concrete in my mind, I would, I was a bridge that needed rebuilding and re-strengthening mentally and physically. I'm not a survivor. I'm so much more than that. I have fought for my life. Rocked up at school and said, I want to do my work experience on the Channel Tunnel. They said, absolutely not. This was a a school run by Irish Catholic nuns. Because when she started texting me and I could hardly walk and everything was still bleeding, I would text her back, are you mad? I've been through breast cancer, leave me alone. I do feel if somebody gave me a box of drawings and said, can you go and build that bridge or can you (laughs) rebuild my runway, it would be sure. Welcome to Women Making Waves. Sheila Kassan Marshall. Nice to have you here, Sheila. Thank you. Now, I've got to say, you're an incredibly talented person. Aeronautical, mechanical and civil engineering you have as degrees. You have managed significant infrastructure delivery for BAA, Dublin Airport Authority and the developers of Shard as well. Now, you've also built runways and bridges and Westminster Station, Jubilee Line Extension and rebuilding the M25 and the M11. You've been in the construction sector for 20 years and now... You are advisor to. Well, you work at the Judge Business School. Yes, I'm a I'm a coach at the business school on their accelerator entrepreneurial program, which is an absolute privilege and an honour. And I'm particularly interested in helping with some of the management techniques they need to adopt and as they're growing their teams. Um, obviously, in my experience in in construction, having a high performing team means everything, and that's connectivity to your people and and passion to work with people is how you deliver these big jobs. So that's hopefully what I bring to my coaching. But you've also very recently started up the website called Bosom Buddies. Why had you conceived this idea? I started Bosom Buddies um, after my own experience with a cancer journey. Um, My children were one and a half and two and a half. Fortunately for me, looking back, I booked myself into a a health check because it had been five years since I'd had one with work. And much to my shock and horror, they found that I had breast cancer. I then had a year's worth of intensive breast cancer treatment, chemotherapy, um, had surgery afterwards and then on to radiotherapy. Through that process, I, like most people, went home on the first night and and Googled breast cancer and it scared the bejesus out of me. It was a terrifying um, experience. I then, when I, ne- when I next saw the consultant, I sort of said, well, you know, I've, I've had a Google and he said, please don't feel the need to do that again. Just stay away from the internet, put your trust in me and we will guide you through and you don't need to know anything apart from we know what we're doing. And that's exactly what I did. I sort of shut down that world and just went on a a journey with my um, oncologist doctor and the breast surgeon and met them regularly and... And thank goodness I had a very good physiological response to the treatment. And although it was horrific and painful, 
And I think the side effects are far greater than anyone particularly talks about. I think there's a bit of this strange thing that you're going through breast cancer and people think it's not pleasant, but it's OK. And it's, it's, it's worse than that, I think. It's really tough. Mm. Um, at the end of it, I decided that having survived it, I wanted to be as mentally and physically strong and able as I possibly could be. And I was coming from a very weak place. So I started a 12-week mindfulness course, which was run through the Cambridge Cancer Centre. It was a free programme that was offered and it was absolutely inspiring and life-changing for me. I then also decided that I would put one foot quite physically in front of the other and start to build up walking to start with and just stretching my arms up the wall even though it was painful to rebuild my strength and I had a mental determination that day by day in my head almost brick by brick piece of concrete by piece of concrete in my mind I would I was a bridge that needed rebuilding and re-strengthening mentally and physically and so I set about this journey and after 14 weeks I was mentally strong and in a great place and felt in control of what had happened as opposed to you know having a mental breakdown which can happen a lot after such a traumatic experience and quite understandably too because it's only after you finish your active treatment that you sort of fall off the end of the conveyor belt in terms of the doctors they don't see you anymore because you are effectively better and uh, your friends and family back off a bit because you're you know deemed to be a bit better and your brain starts to process all of this journey you've been on. And also, from a physical point of view, I just wanted to regain that control of of my life, and I also knew that from a longevity point of view, you have a far um, greater... um, Your longevity is improved by being actively fit and healthy. There is research to show that. So over 12 to 14 weeks, I went from being hardly able to cross my own kitchen floor to running 5k three times a week and three hit workouts and in fact I I did a reference for the personal trainer who helped me through that process Mm. because when she started texting me and I could hardly walk and everything was still bleeding I would text her back are you mad I've been through breast cancer leave me alone why do you keep telling me to go to a gym I can't walk and she kept you know, this persistence up saying, just come in. And I'd say, well, I'm coming in a dress because I'm not exercising. You must be crazy. Why do you keep... And she put me through a a fitness assessment and then... And somehow she put me on a tread machine and she would talk to me or she'd put me on the the um, cycle machine or whatever it was or give me some light weights. And I would sort of be scowling at this poor woman as she was trying to rehabilitate me. And somewhere she worked her magic over sort of 14 weeks and I was running 5K. It's incredible. Wow. And now you thank her very much. Oh, I do. Yes. I, I absolutely do. I really do. So were you, were you trying to change, Sheila? Were you trying to change the narrative of post-cancer treatment? Is that something that you found that there was nothing out there? Absolutely. When I um, approached the uh, physiotherapy department at, attached to Adam Brooks, through no fault of their own, I mean, it's there's a lot of us out there. We fill the place and people can't get much attention in terms of personal physiotherapy or understanding what one should be doing to strengthen and improve. And so I asked them, could they work with me to set up a programme? And they just didn't have the capacity to be able to help. Fortunately, the Nuffield, because they're private, were able to offer that help. 
So the program that we've designed for 12 people at a time to go through is to enable people to have the same care I had with a cancer-trained specialist over 12 weeks, but it'll be a programme of 10 people at a time, which is how we can afford to do it. It's £2 a head um, a week, which is, I think, you know, at less than a cup of coffee, it's, it's a good deal. And it gives people that quick start back into healthy living, healthy lifestyle, being fit and active mm. and not being scared that you're going to physically pull something. You're scared that you will or hurt it or do something or make it come back. And I think this alleviates all of those fears. And also you were saying that the media give a very pessimistic approach to post, post-treatment for cancer. Yeah. And you couldn't find anywhere on the website that was giving you a more positive, a, a way forward. Yes, absolutely. And in looking myself... Um, a bit of understanding about breast cancer or if you see something in the media the media have picked up a lot on um, you know I can hardly bring myself to say it but those you know are friends fellows that haven't made it through the journey and it's really traumatic having been through breast cancer to only hear these stories because you're actually looking for some inspiration for somebody who's got through it and they're thriving and there's a term you're a breast cancer survivor well I don't like that term I, I'm not a survivor I'm so much more than that I have fought for my life and I'm thriving and every day I live my life as well as I possibly can and I'm here, I'm larger than life, I'm big and I'm bold. It feels like a weakness that I don't associate with myself or all my cohorts that have been through this journey. I suppose in many ways, were you frightened or were you sort of realising that people boxed you in a certain corner? It, a- absolutely. And, um, and I think it's slightly like as if you're a sort of victim and I, I can't imagine in any way feeling like a victim. It's not in my nature. Even going through breast cancer, I probably at times did play down how difficult it was because I didn't want to be a victim. I wanted to be as big and bold as I always had been. And so that that was my, I suppose, defence mechanism to get through it, that when I went to see the consultants, they said, how are you? I'd say, I'm fantastic, I'm great, you know, give me more of this pain. <laughs> and I bet they looked at you quite sure. <laughs> The ladies that joined me straight after my treatment, they came off the back of the mindfulness programme and so we had a natural cohort. And I think the way the walks and the exercise programmes will work is that first year when you're going through your rehabilitation back into your working life, it's a great time to meet other people. You might still have surgery needs and you can. we all talk about that very openly, about what we've had and somebody has always got a breast hanging out to show somebody else what a mastectomy looks like. You've hardly got any scars. You've had an incredible operation in the sense that it's been a positive operation. Now, there are times when women don't have such a positive time with mastectomy, but it's getting better. It's, It's very varied. That there is far greater understanding now and through the NHS of giving women the choice to um, have reconstruction surgery. And I think it's horses for courses. I think depending on your age would be how much you would feel that you would identify with needing some sort of reconstruction. I personally know ladies in their 80s who didn't have reconstruction and that is totally understandable. And I think at that age, neither would I. As a young-ish woman in my early 40s... Oh, go on, you're young. <laughs> (laughs) Don't be silly. (laughs) With uh, with two young children, 
it's it's a fantastic thing to be able to wear. I've I used to have on the front of my phone. I've just taken it off recently, but I have a picture of myself in my bikini a few months after surgery on the beach with my children, and I look beach ready better than I ever have in my life because the fat was removed from my stomach. Um, as the procedures, they prefer to use your own body fat because the body accepts it better, and it was grafted into the breast, and the result is a very natural looking full breast. And it, it looks fantastic. I, I post children and having gained and lost a bit of weight, my breasts certainly didn't look that good before. So I'm I'm being very lucky. I'm delighted with my outcome. I have been very lucky. And I also say to the women I meet, if you're not happy, there is things that they can do. They can use fillets in the, the way one would have breast implant. There are many different techniques. And there are things that surgically that can make us look better. And I think having body confidence to be able to go out on a beach or wear a dress at night to a party or whatever it is but I think we should own that and mm. we have a right to that and I think in this climate the even the NHS have recognised it's an important part of our our mental well-being and, and I really think it is so I, I definitely fully support that and I have been to meetings with uh, people who have gone back to their GPs to say I'm not really happy with the outcome of this and I, I believe that you should keep going back until you are happy this isn't a mental health issue that it's some body confidence thing. I'm delighted that there's been more money now going into uh, the reconstruction side of, of breast cancer and an acknowledgement that we need to own and feel happy with our bodies. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. Now, in October, you were a guest speaker at the Cambridge Launchpad at STEM, that was the Bradfield Centre, and one of the reviewers described your speech as rousing okay now that's fantastic sharing your incredible journey through your career as a woman in civil engineering and keen to inspire girls to pursue their dream careers without fear and encourage their thirst i love that word thirst for knowledge and now and um, this is really poignant this is the bit i really found quite interesting your obstacles that you faced from your family friends schools and colleagues and this is from a career point of view yeah. now you began with saying that your father father wasn't happy about you going into civil engineering or en engineering engineering generally particularly anything to do with construction my father was a, a Kerry farmer and when he moved to the UK he worked on the Channel Tunnel I was 14 when the boring machine arrived onto the South Downs um, as part of the, the start of the Channel Tunnel. And this is the era when Maggie Thatcher was on the news every night. And whether you liked it or not, it was a big piece of news and I wanted it. I wanted, I decided that I would be one of those men, because they were all men, who were going to build this tunnel to France. So th that was my dream. When I rocked up at school and said, I want to do my work experience on the Channel Tunnel, they said, absolutely not. This was a, a school run by Irish Catholic nuns. And they said, we've already booked your work experience at Carmichael's Bakery, and that's where you're going. So we were very far apart as to uh, my vision and theirs. And from my father's point of view, 30 odd years ago, the construction industry was an incredibly rough place for a girl. I mean, it was there, there weren't many women engineers. There were very few and far between. It was quite an abusive environment. So I can complete and filthy, you know, and I can completely understand why he was against it. Um, I was headstrong and I left home at 16 and enrolled on a college course 
uh, to do civil engineering and then from there got my degree. When I graduated, he was so proud and happy and delighted. You're also a capital investment director responsible for £100 million worth of portfolio of infrastructure projects as part of a wider two billion upgrade project as well. So you have an enormous amount of experience, Sheila. You also said because of this Bosom Buddy website that you are taking a break from it because it's probably a natural break that you feel... What, what what made you make that decision? I think. Yeah, I um, after a year of almost a year now of doing bosom buddies, my intention had been, and in my head, I thought it would be quite easy to go national. That there would be supported bosom buddy walks in all the major towns. I thought that the rehabilitation program would go national wherever there's the NHS cancer centres. They would have this uh, rehabilitation program. The reality is, even being supported through taking desk space at Allian, they have been fantastic. As a one person on a startup, it's incredibly difficult. If the IT goes kaput, it's only me who has to somehow try and do it. I'm not an IT expert, far from it. And I found working on the back office IT incredibly difficult, even uploading stuff onto my website and changing the website I found incredibly difficult because it's not my area I'm an engineer and so I found that you as a startup you're kind of on your own in the world and having spent a 20 odd year career with knocking elbows with people on big projects and working with hundreds and sometimes thousands of people It's really, really tough. It's far tougher than I'd ever envisaged. And I don't feel I've got the skill set. I do feel if somebody gave me a box of drawings and said, can you go and build that bridge or can you (laughs) rebuild my runway, it would be sure. That's easy, you know. So sometimes I think there's a bit of horses for courses and I, I am now applying to go back into the workplace as a civil engineer. As much as we don't want to have breast cancer, we don't want any cancer, it does change you. It does, and I think it's it's both um, positive and negative. The positive side is um, you you don't sweat the small stuff. You can't because life has a, a much higher clarity in many ways. I've, I honestly, and I know this sounds hippie. I'm not a hippie, but I feel <laughs> I feel you don't that... look a hippie. <laughs> I feel that <laughs> the colours are brighter, they're sharper. My definition in the world feels stronger. I feel mentally and physically attuned to things in a way, in a depth that I hadn't seen before. I feel that I see things clearer. So I'm sure that's not the chemotherapy drugs they've put through me, but I do feel that I understand the world in a greater way. I feel a level of emotional intelligence greater than I've ever had. Um, I can't walk by something. I'm not, I, I could probably, to a tiny extent, walk by before, but I certainly can't now. If I see something and somebody in distress, I have to get involved. And after something like a breast cancer journey, I think you say, I don't need to be doing that, so mm. I'm going to stop that and do what makes me happy and makes the people around me happy. I think the negative side is is a little bit of a strange loop that tells me I might not be here forever. And as much as I want to live as well as I possibly can to be here for my children, I don't I I haven't got that guarantee. I know none of us have, but I think unless you've been through a life-changing journey, you sort of assume you will be. And I don't have that 
that safety blanket anymore. Mm. So it's made me want to live a bit quicker and sometimes quicker than I should. I'm in a rush to do everything because I want to tell my children a thousand million times how much I love them and I want to get that job that I've always aspired to and I want to help my friend that I should have always done things for, whatever it is. If you had three adjectives to describe you, post what you've just been through and what you have done, what you've achieved, and before that, you're in trying to inspire girls. You want them to have a thirst. Boys and girls to get into STEM, yes, STEM subjects. And you've been in, in um, construction for 20 years. How would you describe yourself now? Brave and bold. I love that. And strong would be the words I would have used to describe myself. I think it takes a while to come back to that place, but I would certainly aspire to be brave, bold and strong. I'm My... my four-year-old daughter says uh, whenever she's asked to do something she doesn't like or is her particular mantra in life is I am big and I am strong and I am totally myself and I think that's a good place to be in the world so I love it so probably a bit like her my and husband says I don't know where she gets this from Sheila I think building bridges and runways is far easier the <laughs> sometimes than building a website is it not that's very true <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much indeed thank you Another absolutely amazing woman, Susie. Yeah, no, she was very, very inspiring, actually. And she she comes from 20 years of construction experience. She's a civil engineer. She's done lots of talks. She's inspiring to young girls mm-hmm. as well. She's really going out there and helping others. Not only that, she's gone through breast cancer as well, yeah. as we've just heard. And I think she's found that really traumatic, and very hard but you know it's it's the case isn't it with all people that we meet that they go through something very traumatic and yet they come out of it and want to help other people yeah and her PT trainer had decided that she's going to come in and get some help as well I'm saying no to the PT trainer and saying (laughs) I'm in a dress there's no way wasn't it that was very amusing Yeah. yeah I loved the bit where she said that, you know, I'm not an IT person and I really couldn't cope with the IT. It's this kind of thing that people don't think about. If you're doing a startup, doing everything on your own as a solo worker, it's not easy. And mm. you really do have to have a bit of a background where you have knowledge about a little little bits and pieces of everything. Otherwise, your laptop packs in one day and you can't do anything. Exactly. Very, very difficult. It and is. And I love that honesty. Yes, absolutely. Honesty is Very frank and a lovely interview. Yeah, and I wish you all the best. Me too.